The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Hello, sunshine, and welcome to She Was the Fire. It's time to stop dancing in the dark. Let's start your fire and ignite your spark. I'm Courtney Mangat, and this is the February Court Report. And before we get into it, as always, if you could share this podcast episode with your family and friends and the people that follow you by screenshotting and tagging me, that would be greatly appreciated. Spread the word. And also, if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it if you would. It really helps um, you know, when people find a new podcast, if they see that someone is reviewing it and saying good things, then, you know, it might get them across the line to listen. All right. The fire starter for today, because this is just another court report, it's not that deep. I'm just doing a song that I've been listening to a lot lately. It's a bit of a throwback and it's Breathe by Michelle Branch. If I just And this really throws me back to when I was younger and one of my friends was dating like an older guy while we were in high school and he had a license and we'd drive around and I guess we thought he was pretty cool, but he would just play Michelle Branch. So maybe he wasn't that cool in the end. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a bit of a flex to play Michelle Branch, right? And we'd just drive around with the windows down and I would sing to Michelle Branch, Breathe. I love this song, lyrics that I love. If I just breathe, let it fill the space between. I know everything is all right. Breathe. Every little piece of me, you'll see everything is all right if I just breathe. And I've kind of needed that a little bit this week. It's been a very like busy, stressful kind of week for me. And not necessarily that work has been stressful, but that I've found, again, finding that balance between Courtney Mang and Co, She Was the Fire, and all the other businesses that I run. I found that balance really hard and so reminding myself to breathe has kind of been key. I've also been turning down some things where I'm just feeling like I'm overextending myself and I've been invited to go on some other podcasts and things like that. And although it's really good opportunities, I just need to focus on the fact that I can't do everything and I'm struggling a bit at the moment with that balance. So I've had to say no and I'm kind of proud of myself because usually I would never do that. Um, but, you know, I've overextended myself. I need to like pull it back a little bit. All right, let's ignite today's topic, the court report for February. Let's start with The Verdict is In. Now, I've tested out a few new shows that I'm going to talk about today. So I listened to Firefly Lane. Now, this is based on a book and it's on Netflix. And the basic summary of the show is that two women, Tully and Kate, they meet when they're really young girls in sort of like that middle school, high school age on a place called Firefly Lane and they become like inseparable and then it kind of just shows you like the 30 years of their friendships, ups and downs. It stars Catherine Heigl, Ozzy Ben Lawson and Sarah Chalky, I think is how you pronounce her name. And it's already been picked up for season two. It was left on a cliffhanger so I suspected that it was going to be left, you know, picked up straight away. And I think this show, like, it really reminds me of the movie Now and Then. If you haven't seen that, go and watch it. It's a banger. Uh, it's a little bit, I mean, it's very cliche. I personally am not a huge fan of Katherine Heigl or Sarah, Chalk Sarah Chalky. So I thought I would loathe this show, but I didn't hate it. It was good. It's easy viewing to put on. It's not too deep. There are a couple of things in there that are, like, um, a little bit more serious. But overall, it's just a fairly, like, easy watch. It's not going to be on the list of your favorite shows ever, but if you need something to binge, it's pretty good like that. So yeah, it was all right. 
next up was the Cecil Hotel. Um, and boy, did this feel like a fucking waste of time. So basically in Los Angeles, there's this hotel called the Cecil Hotel, the Hotel Cecil. They kind of change interchange the whole like the whole show, they changed the way they say it. And it's like notorious for people like that were like murderers living there and like people disappearing and suicides and all these kinds of things happening at this hotel. So it's just got like this really grim past. And it kind of follows the story of like this really famous case in America where this girl called Elsa Lamb disappeared. And um, you might remember, but there was like this YouTube video doing the rounds of this woman who went missing and they got this like lift elevator footage of her and she was like in the elevator pushing the numbers like the door wouldn't shut and then you could see that she was scared and she was like getting out of the elevator like looking around and you could see that potentially there was someone there with her. It was just like all these conspiracies going around. Anyway, I kind of promoted this on my page on my Instagram through my Insta story when I was into like episode two and a half. I think there was four episodes of this docu-series. So it's obviously based on true events. And I regret that. <laughs> I thought it was really good for the first three and a half episodes. And the final 20 minutes of episode four made me feel like this was a massive waste of time to be watching. I won't give anything away, but I just felt like the movie makers, and I'm pretty sure it was made by Brian Grazer and Ron Howard. They were producers on it, which is upsetting because they're two of my faves. Um, I just felt like it was twisted for views in a way that like was completely unnecessary. So I do not rate that. Another movie that I watched, or another, I haven't watched any other movies, just this movie, uh, was To All the Boys, Always and Forever, which is the final installment of the To All the Boys I Used to Love Before series. And I thoroughly enjoyed the first one. Love, love, loved it. Second one, did not like. Third one, okay. It kind of tied everything up nicely in a bow, but I think that there's, it was never going to be as good because it's like, it's like TV shows, like, bones or things like that where you wait for the main characters to get together and they're kind of missing each other there oh, they, oh they're together they're not together oh my god never you know that whole unrequited love and then someone else is dating someone else all that kind of stuff and then when they finally get together all of that like tension and suspense is gone and it just feels like it's not the same and I feel like that's what happened with this movie the first movie is so much about them like getting together and this like cutesy, like she doesn't think, know she likes him and then he starts to like her and that that really early phase stages of a relationship and then all of a sudden like the next two seasons, sorry, next two movies, installments, it's just not as interesting. And so, yeah, I just felt like it wasn't as good, but it is always hard to live up to the hype of the first movie and especially when it's a rom-com style. You don't often see sequels to rom-coms. It feels like Netflix has been the one kind of doing that. But, um, you know, with the, uh, what's it called, the kissing booth and stuff like that, they're just not as good. You don't see like, you know, there's no sequel to The Proposal. There's no sequel to The Notebook. Obviously, they couldn't with The Notebook. But you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying. I think maybe rom-coms need to live and die in the one film. <laughs> All right. Next up, I watched the Framing Britney Spears series. Or well, not series. I guess it's – I thought it was going to be a series. It was just a doc documentary, I guess. And it was made by um, the New York Times. And obviously, I have seen the hype for this everywhere. It has been all over the news – all over podcasts I'm listening to, all over social media. And so it was, I guess, really hyped up. And I guess I was disappointed. It was more of a timeline 
and a light example of how the media have created this problem, but not a huge amount of evidence. Like there's been so much talk about how terrible Justin Timberlake is once they've seen this documentary and he's in it for, I want to say maybe 30 seconds and he's not even in it. It's just his voice from a radio interview. I'm not downplaying his role in it or anything, but I was thinking that there was going to be a huge part that Justin Timberlake played in this documentary that we were going to see like some really crazy shit. And then I thought there'd be, I just thought there'd be way more supporting evidence, but it was kind of just like telling the story that I already knew. I wasn't surprised by any of this stuff. So I guess if you already know a lot about Britney Spears, maybe this won't be as eye-opening as it has been for some people who perhaps didn't know very much. Um, so yeah, I can't say that I was as shook as the rest of the world seems to be from this documentary, to be honest. That is not meaning to say that I don't like agree with everything that was said and that the treatment of Britney Spears has been horrendous by the media um, and that, you know, the stuff that's going on with her dad is horrible. All of that stuff I obviously agree with, but I'm just saying that the the documentary wasn't as like eye-opening as what I thought it was going to be. All right, let's move on to Never Have I Ever. And the movie that you guys voted for me to watch this month was Brokeback Mountain. Now, if you haven't seen this, there's obviously going to be some spoilers in this chat. Um, but if you haven't seen it by now, then, you know, like that, that's your own fault, I guess. Um, Innes and Jack are two shepherds. So they're played by Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, and they develop a sexual and emotional relationship. Their relationship becomes complicated when both of them get married um, and like go on to have children and live their lives. And the wives are played by Michelle Williams, who is one of my favorite actresses, and Anne Hathaway. And I have to say, like, I was a bit confused at the start of this movie. Again, there will be some spoilers here. Very early on in the film, they hook up for the first time. And I was like, whoa, did I miss something? I just felt like there was not much like pre-tension, pre-relationship building. And it was just like all of a sudden one night they just start having sex. Heath like doesn't want to, but kind of does but like he's trying to like remember he's a, like a man and masculine. You can't be gay. That's horrible. Whatever that bullshit. Um, and I was literally felt like it was out of the blue that maybe that was the point, I guess, that it was out of the blue. But I just feel like if men are, you know, someone like Heath who plays this like I'm a masculine man, I'm not gay character, I felt like maybe he might need a bit more warming up to it if that's like who he perceives himself as. Um I just was really confused by that. And then I also feel like there were all these moments where they were kind of portraying Heath as like really sad and depressed, but then didn't really give any reasons behind that. I was just a bit confused by the things that were being thrown at me where they felt like there was no context given. It was just like, all of a sudden they're hooking up. All of a sudden Heath's really sad. We're not sure why. Jake is consoling him. I don't know what's happening. I was just a little bit confused. And also like, am I supposed to feel sympathy for Heath Ledger? Because he was a complete asshole in the film. And I completely understand that if you are living a lie and you're not being able to be who you are because you're being closeted, that that would then manifest in probably being angry as a person. However, like he was like kind of there was a point where he was like grabbing his wife by her arm and shoving her around. It was like, I would say borderline abusive. Um, and I was like, is this the kind of love story I'm supposed to get behind where two men are cheating on their wives the whole time and I'm supposed to really be into it? I don't know. Like 
I understand, but I also feel like maybe this movie was a huge hit at the time because it was groundbreaking. And now that I'm watching it and it's not as groundbreaking, still like sadly to this day, we haven't had that many films that are like love stories between two people of the same gender or the same sex, which is very sad. But I guess it's a little bit more common now in Hollywood film and television. So it's not as groundbreaking. I just felt like this was not the love story that I thought it was going to be. I felt kind of like, not like I, I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he was really good in it. I thought Heath Ledger was really good acting in it. I thought Michelle Williams was brilliant in it. Um, the acting was top notch, but I just felt a little bit like, ah, this isn't the love story that I thought I would be like fully getting behind. Um, I just didn't really connect with Heath Ledger as a character. I just thought he was a dick. So yeah, I don't know, guys. I felt like a little bit let down by it. I appreciate when I saw it, I was like, I can definitely see this as an Oscar film, the way it was shot, the storytelling, all of that kind of stuff, um, the acting. But yeah, I just didn't get behind it. I think like every, like I wanted to, I guess. I just thought it was going to be this amazing love story, but it just kind of fell a little bit flat for me. And I think that that does happen a lot when you rewatch things when you're older. Um, you know, when you go back and watch movies and you're like, oh my God, it was the best movie ever. And then you're like, oh my God, this movie was terrible. What was I thinking? Um, I guess maybe because I wasn't, again, part of the hype during when this came out that maybe it didn't like connect with me as much. I'm sad to say. I feel bad because like I'm watching all these movies that are supposed to be like the best of all time and then I'm not enjoying them that much. Maybe next time we will get a better hit. So as always in the Facebook group, I'm going to put up some movies that you guys can vote on what I can watch next month. So you can follow us at the closed Facebook group, She Was The Fire. All right, next up, what to watch. I'm not recommending anything new because nothing that I saw that was new, I really have to like highly speak of. So we're just going straight in with an oldie but a goodie. And we're going for a bit of a theme this week because I've started rewatching Homeland. Now, if you don't know what Homeland is, it's on Netflix. It's got about eight seasons and it's about a CIA operative who is played by Claire Danes, who I love. Um, and sh- the first season is basically like she's she hears that there was like a prisoner of war that or a hostage, an American soldier that gets taken hostage and he's been turned. So she hears that rumor. And so then when this American soldier comes back out of being held hostage for eight years, she's like, oh my God, this is the guy that's been turned. And now he's like on the their side. So, you know, with Al-Qaeda. So it's all about her trying to like unravel whether this new like hero, because obviously when a soldier comes back from being held by the Al-Qaeda for eight years, he then becomes a hero. And so then the whole first season is kind of about, or the first two seasons really, is about how they're trying to uncover whether he is with Al-Qaeda or he's with America. And you also as a viewer kind of don't know. And so then obviously it goes for eight seasons. That's not the storyline for the whole thing, but she's a CIA operative. So it's like all this kind of spy stuff, but a little bit more, I would say real world. So I also love this TV show called Alias, which I'm not going to recommend because I don't know where you can even watch it anymore. Um, But if you happen to find it, it's one of my all-time favorite shows, but it's a show about um, like again, CIA operatives, but spies in that more like Hollywood vibe where they're like dressing up in different costumes and they're tricking people into things. And it's like Mission Impossible kind of vibes too. Whereas this homeland, I think is like a bit more realistic as to what would be happening in the CIA. Another show that I'm recommending, an oldie bit of goodie, 
The Homeland one is very serious. It's about terrorism. It feels like it's very current. A lot of it is about September 11, like all that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're looking for something like a little bit more like, you know, lighthearted, but still like that drama, Nikita on 7 Plus is there at the moment. And it's basically about a rogue assassin who wants to start taking down the secret organization that trained her. So she's trained by this organization that say that they're working for the government. Then then she finds out that they've kind of like not working for the government and it's not, they're not like doing good things for the world. And so then when she leaves, she then tries to sort of take them down. And so it's just like, girl kicking butt. It's very Alias vibes if you've seen it, um, but with just like a different flavor to it, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so those are the two oldies but goodies episode TV shows that I'm recommending. They are the uh, spy vibe. The other thing that we have going on is a movie that I'm recommending and it's down the same vibe as Homeland. I thought we'd keep with the theme and I'm recommending Zero Dark Thirty. So Zero Dark Thirty is one of my favorite movies and it stars one of my favorite actresses, Jessica Chastain. And it's about a group of CIA operatives that are led by Jessica Chastain. So she's kind of like in charge of them and how they spend, and it focuses more on her story, over a decade trying to find the world's, I guess, most wanted man who is Osama bin Laden. And there's a lot of talk around this movie as to whether it is factual or it's not factual. Regardless of that, it is supposed to be retelling the events of how they found and killed. Obviously, that's not a spoiler. You guys know that Osama bin Laden. And I loved this movie. It's so good. The acting is excellent. The way they build the suspense is great, even though you know the outcome. I guess sometimes it's hard with filmmaking if you already know what the fuck is going to happen. Like at the end of it, I know what's going to happen to Bin Laden, that they are going to find him and that he is going to be killed. So it's hard to, I guess, create a movie and create suspense around something that the viewers already know the answer to. But I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's brilliant. So it it does show a lot of stuff with like torture and things like that. So if you're not into that, kind, not that you would be into that kind of thing, but if you are uncomfortable with seeing that kind of stuff on film, then obviously it's not a documentary, it's just recreate events, then it's probably not for you. But if you like all that kind of spy stuff, terrorism in films, that kind of action packed vibe, then this one is for you. It kind of like quietly builds. And it's also got that real like strong female at the helm of the movie, which I also love. All right, moving on to what to listen to this month. So first up, I have a new podcast that I've started listening to and it's called TV Reload. And the host is Ben Norris, who you might know as the winner of Big Brother season nine. And basically it's an inside scoop into all the biggest reality shows that are being cast, filmed and distributed. And he has some really great guests who you probably wouldn't even know who they are, but they're like big names at the top of the network. So like Channel 7, Channel 9, people that were casting or like that helped bring shows over like Big Brother from other countries, uh, people that are casting Bachelor in Paradise, those kinds of things. So they're big people within the industry, but you may not necessarily know their names. And they're just he has them on and he interviews them about shows that they've previously um, recorded. So things like Big Brother, things like Biggest Loser, um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. So it's got a mix of old shows and new shows and telling stories about why people cast this big incidences. So for instance, for instance, oh my God, for example, what am I saying? They talk about the turkey slap incident on Big Brother 
if you know what that is, all those years ago, they talk about the difference changing from the networks of Big Brother, what has changed with Big Brother, maybe why it's not resonating as much with viewers anymore, things about Survivor. Like it's just all the inside, not necessarily goss, but information and storytelling about what went on behind the scenes and how big networks make decisions on directions that they they take with these shows and how they cast them. And as a reality show buff myself, I am really enjoying the interviews. And it's not, I think some, there are a lot of podcasts that interview the reality stars from the shows and, you know, that's fine, but a lot of people do that. However, this is like the people who are making these shows behind the scenes. So I find that to be really interesting. So it's very new. Um, there's not that many episodes out yet. It hasn't been going for a super long time but I'm really finding it to be interesting content. The other episode that I want to, so that was a show I was recommending. Now I'm just recommending an episode and that is Seize the Yay with Sarah Davidson. That's her podcast. And it was the episode with Emily Skye. And I know this sounds like a little bit ridiculous because I'm recommending an episode with like one of my friends slash clients, Emily Skye. But as much as I know Emily and I've known Emily for years and I'm close with Emily and I know all much, you know, pretty much everything about her story, um, I really just liked some of the answers. Although I think I love the way that Sarah interviews people firstly, and sometimes she asks questions that a lot of people don't ask and in an interesting way. She does a lot of research before she interviews a guest. So she knows a lot about what they're already, I think that that's a key thing when you're interviewing someone and which is why I try to always interview people that I already know on this podcast because I'm still learning to be an interviewer. I think that when you're a good interviewer is when you already kind of know what someone is going to answer so you can kind of anticipate what your follow-up questions are. I think the worst thing is when you listen to a podcast and it's they're hearing information brand new for the first time and then they feel like they have to stick to the script of the questions that they've already answered. So somebody says something and they don't kind of like follow up or respond to that. They just ask the next question. They could be missing a lot of opportunities to go down to get some really interesting content. And I think that's one great thing that Sarah does is that she does do her research. So she kind of is anticipating where the conversation is going. So she's kind of already doing that follow-up research. So she's like a little bit more in the interview than sitting out of it and just asking the questions one by one. And I just really love the way that her and Emily talked about letting go of negativity and judgment. And that's something I think a lot of us who are listening to this, you know, a lot of you who are listening to this and myself as well, work on all the time, letting go of judgment from other people. And for someone who's, you know, got quite a large following, Emily's got over 2 million followers, obviously. It's, I think she's got like 2.5 million followers. She gets a lot of negativity and a lot of judgment thrown at her every single day. And so hearing from someone like that, how they handle it, I found it to be quite interesting. So recommending that. Seize the A. All right, what to read. So what I read this month, I just read one book and that was Five Minute Therapy by Sarah Crosby. Uh, Sarah Crosby is a psychotherapist um, based in Dublin. So it was a little bit, um, I did it as an audio book and I found it a little hard because initially two speed with the Irish accent. I had to slow it down first, but I got up to two by the end. So that was good. So 
They say that this book is like a pocket therapist. So this is kind of like the synopsis on it. I thought I would just read it rather than kind of summing it up myself. So five-minute therapy makes being the best version of yourself quick and easy. Who am I? What does this dreaded phrase, just be yourself, even mean? What does it mean to be authentic? These big questions can feel overwhelming. In five-minute therapy, Sarah Crosby will help you find the answers with a psychological explanation, exercises, and guidance to apply to your life one step at a time, including chapters on attachment, boundaries, self-talk, triggers, reparenting, and more. This book will help you find long-lasting happiness, confidence, and calm in yourself and relationships. And I really thought that this was a very beneficial book. I think if you've got a lot of triggers in your life, if you suffer from anxiety, if you suffer from depression, if you um, have a lot of attachment issues, I think this is like a really good book. Obviously, it's not the same as going to a therapist. This is just little, little tidbits of things that you could do maybe to make a little bit of an improvement in your life or the way that you're processing your emotions. So I think it was like, I found it to be quite beneficial and I would recommend it. And this month I'm reading Green Light. So sorry, next month, right now I've started. So it'll be a bit late for me to review it, but Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, which I have seen everywhere and has come highly recommended from one of my friends who basically said it changed your life. So I'm reading that currently. So that will be featured in the March court report. All right, moving on to other I've got recipes for you. I haven't done recipes for a while, but the other day I did Toasty Tuesday Cheeseburger Toasty. Wasn't that delicious? And I kind of just made it up, winged it myself. I basically just made a cheeseburger, but then just put it in a toaster, toasted like a sandwich press, and it was bloody delicious. So head to my highlights to check that out under Toasty Tuesday. And I also made a brie and cranberry toasty, which was bloody delicious too. So I'm doing Toasty Tuesday every Tuesday, if you're not aware, and people send in recipes or some of my staff give me recipes, or I also have, um, like I find viral kind of trends on TikTok too, that I make recipes for Toasty Tuesday and it's bloody delicious. Check that out. The other recipe that I'm recommending is beef tataki. So I kind of just like looked at a bunch of reviews and made up my own thing the other day. And I don't know if you could technically call it beef tataki because I might cook it like a little bit more. So I guess it's more like a rare steak than beef tataki. Um, but it's still like finely sliced up and put in with like these amazing marinades and juices. It's just so yummy. That's also my highlight. So I'm recommending that at the moment. The product that I'm recommending this month is actually shoes and that is famous footwear shoes. Now, I've always kind of worn famous footwear shoes and then I went through a stage where I was kind of just like only buying Tony Bianco and obviously I have a bunch of designer shoes as well. But when I when I gravitate towards my shoes that are like the comfiest, it's always famous footwear. They're like $49 for a pair of shoes. They're always like keeping up with the trends and they're my most comfortable shoes, even though they're high heels and they look just like the Tony Biancos. And you know what I mean? They're like the same styling as all the luxury designers are doing, but they're just like basic shoes that just are comfortable and they're just like really good. I think like those really nice... Like, obviously, there's nothing, you know, you get, like, really unique shoes from, you know, Balenciaga. Obviously, they don't have, like, crazy things like that. It's just the very basic strappy kind of heels that you can get. But I really like their shoes, so I highly recommend them. And I have, like, a wide range of brands from very expensive to very cheap. And Spenless Shoes and Famous Footwear are the shoes that I wear pretty much most days because they're the most comfortable whilst also looking stylish. So, yeah. Anyway, recommend if you haven't tried their shoes. 
Um, all right. So what we're going to do now is I've started interviewing um, all of my guests. At the end of my interview with them on my podcast, I asked them to give me a recommendation. So we're calling that Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest. And I'm going to insert those for you now. So I have some recommendations from the Centennial Beauty Girls and also Tia from Smart Women's Society. So let's hear what they're recommending for the month of February. Okay, Tia, thank you for joining us on The Court Report. What is your recommendation for this month? So I've been reading an absolutely amazing book this month by Marie Forleo, and it's her classic book, Everything is Figureoutable, and it's super inspirational, absolutely loving it. It talks a lot about changing your mindset, not letting excuses hold you back, and opening yourself up for growth. So definitely read it if you're into that. Yes, I read that early on. I think like I got my cancer diagnosis in December and I read that in January. Yeah, I read that in January and it really helps. Like obviously like cancer is not super figureoutable, but it did make me feel like everything else. It's like, no, even with the cancer, I was like, no, we're going to get the treatment. We're going to, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to do all these things I'm being asked to do and we're going to figure it out. We're going to get through it. It does really help you when you're feeling really stressed about just like, stop, look at the steps small steps every single day and you can get there. Like everything can be figured out. Definitely also highly recommend that one. So thank you so much. That's okay. All right. Next up, we have recommendation from the girls from Centennial Beauty. Lauren, what is your recommendation for the court report? Okay. My recommendation is ZFeed. So ZFeed is a digital publication run by our friend Crystal. Um, and she's a media guru as well. And she breaks down like social issues and politics in such a digestible way. So she um, first started on her Instagram and she makes those like viral tiles and they just are so informative. But she also launched, uh, relaunched, I think, her website this year. And she does like deep dives into these like really heavy meaty topics Um, and she doesn't make it too fluffy and like too condescending in a way that a lot of these publications try and do it it's Mm. like it gives you the right information and it's really digestible but it's not like not speaking to you like you're dumb (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. and how do you spell that um it's z or z e e (laughs) um feed f-e-e-d Awesome. And what's yours, Jody? Um, Mine is similar vibe. So two girls I used to work with, one at Marie Claire and then one at Bauer um, across Ellen Bazaar. They have a podcast together called After Work Drinks. So they started kind of, I started listening when they launched in 2018. They tie politics, social issues, celebrity, pop culture together really well. But I've kind of continued listening to them because I like cry laughing. Now. I've listened to their podcast a few times. They're like yeah. best friends and I just I love it. And like knowing both their personalities is so genuine and authentic and I just love their opinions. And it's like such smart girl stuff, but in a really nice way. Love that. Thanks yeah. ladies. All right. Well that is all for this week. And this week's thought of the week comes from the five minute therapy book that I read by Sarah Crosby. Remember to appreciate how far you've come. There's little point in striving for growth if we can't value our progress. Ain't that the truth? Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back next week with a new app. But in the meantime, remember to put your feet up, have a little binge and protect the skin you're in. Follow me at Courtney Mangan and at She Was The Fire. Subscribe and share. Bye.